Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? We are back on a Monday fantasy football flavor in the building. Chuck in the house. Chuck, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Oakley, how you doing, man? How's everybody going? Oh, man, doing real good. Uh, always fun to chat fantasy football with you. So um, let, let's just kick this show right off, man. Let's not mess around. Uh, last week, we were talking about holdouts. We were talking all um, these players that are want more money, doing all this stuff. And sure enough, this past week, um, pretty soon, I think after we recorded last episode, Mike Thomas, man, got pizzayed. He got big money, five years Hundred mil. Um, what did you think about that signing? And and he's going to be a saint for quite a quite a while now. And and he's back in camp. So what do, what do you think about that? Oh yeah, much much love to Mike Thomas. He he deserved that money. You know he he's been balling out for the Saints since he got drafted, and he's going to ball out with the Saints for uh, you know five more years at least. Well, six more years if it's an extension. I couldn't remember if it was an extension or or a sign, but uh, at least at least at least five more years he's going to be balling out with the Saints and. Uh, he is. He's one of the top receivers in the league. You know, he's got great hands, great body control. Um, he even he, he he has such a good route runner. He can make up for the lack of speed he has. But yeah, he's still he's still a beast out there for everybody to uh, to have to contain. Now, Chuck, if, if I know you the way I think I know you, and uh, you know. Uh, one of your favorite movies, I think when you saw that Mike contract, Mike Thomas contract, you might have said this. Damn! Am I right? It, it was something like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money for a receiver. It took him all the way. I mean, that's that's how crazy these contracts are. The guy was, I think I saw a stat. He was like, gosh, you know, I don't know if it's 82nd among receivers, something like that. And as far as money beforehand, and now he's number one, just uh, going from barely a million and a half bucks, I think, all the way up to that 20 million estimate that's a that's a lot of money um you know I, I love him as a football player my my worry as well as I think everybody else's is well, what happens when when Drew Brees is done you know they they don't have I mean they got Teddy Biscuits over there in, in the in the wings but I mean are they just gonna keep that thing rolling or are you gonna be paying a 20 million dollar receiver trying to groom up some you know who cares quarterback at that point but I mean I've always said Drew Brees always comes in in incredible shape. He's a great football player. I don't see why he couldn't play a couple more years. And then the Saints are always pretty good as at turning over a quarterback, whether it be Bridgewater or uh, somebody new. So I, I think it's a good investment. I just – I don't know that I'd be paying my receiver $20 million, I got to well, say. There, I guess what I've seen through the training camps is that, you know, Sean Payton has got – after that contract, has got Mike Thomas back there taking reps too. So 
if Drew Brees goes down, Mike Thompson's got to do them both. So, <laughs> okay, uh, man, uh, that, that's that's breaking news. So let me hit the sound button again. <laughs> so he's playing, uh, he's playing a wideout and quarterback. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's quarterback, almost uh, low middle quarterback type money. Uh, in, in regards to fantasy, let me hit a quick on that. Uh, you know, if you have Mike Thomas, you know, you're really happy to see him get signed. I mean, he's definitely a top flight receiver. I think I've got him probably, uh, gosh, he's probably in my top top five, but I don't have him, you know, um, top three. I, I don't think like most people, he's just outside of there for me. Yeah, I got him the same. I, he's definitely in my top five, but I, I, I've got him in the, in the fantasy standpoint, I've got him just outside the top three as well. You know, it's funny about Mike Thomas is like when he came out in the draft, I just found this draft tool that I would use where you go through all these quick mocks where you could pick people. And like Mike Thomas, I remember he was always going in the middle rounds and I just loved his size. And, and it obviously he's coming from a big university, not my favorite university, um, but I, I kept taking him in all these mocks. And I was just like, oh, Mike Thomas, I'm getting him in the fourth round or whatever it is. And uh, sure enough, you know, he ends up going later and just being way, way outperforming his draft position. No question. So the guy's been been incredible. So let's uh, let's do this, Chuck. Let's throw you a bone here. Uh, the resident um, Cowboys uh, honk here. Uh, hey, I, I don't know if you've talked to Zeke recently or if he's texted you, but what the heck's going on with Zeke, man? Because he's got a lot of fantasy football people worried. Well, you know, I just got back from Cabo from hanging out with Zeke out there on the beach doing a little bit of workout, but, uh, from what I understand, uh, you know, Jerry Jones, when he's questioned about the, uh, the situation, he goes, you know, basically told everybody, you know, have I never, uh, got a deal done. So usually when Jerry says something like that, it's pretty quick after that, that a deal will be done. Um, from what I'm hearing though, um, I'm not sure if he's going to be getting, uh, that Todd Gurley style of contract. Um, I heard it was more towards, uh, like the David Johnson style contract, but it was, you know, just a little bit less money. Um, but I think they're pretty close. You think they're close because, I mean, recently I've, I think we've just been uh, hearing a lot of this between Zeke and Jerry Jones. <laughs> I don't think there's much going on between the two. I mean, you're saying Jerry Jones says something gets done. I mean, this guy says everything and anything. I you know, don't believe but, but him he, at all. He's strictly business. Yes, you know, Jerry <laughs> Jones, he he's not friendship, but when he means business, he means business. He, you know, that's why he's got, you know, he took that franchise from what it is to it's worth like over $5 billion now. You know, he's he's a good businessman. And when he usually says something about, uh, you know, I'll get a deal done or deals always get done, it's usually, usually pretty quick right after that there's a deal done. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I said on the last show that I think you still draft these guys where they need to be drafted. I've heard a lot of people backing off Zeke, a lot of people thinking this is going to go into the season. I, You think he might get done soon. I mean, I haven't heard many things saying that they're, they're close. I, I know that they did send him an offer. I heard I, nobody knows what that offer is. He didn't counter. He's just in Mexico. Like, I don't think it feels very good, but I still feel this one will probably maybe go through the preseason and then, you know, the week before or a few days before I think he's in, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to get done, you know, right away. And I also think that it's going to scare a lot of fantasy owners. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna it's gonna uh, scare um, a few. Um, it won't scare me, but uh, like I said, I, I feel that there's gonna be a deal done. It might be maybe the second week of uh, of preseason, but I, I think there'll be a, de- a deal done before the season starts. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we talked about him last week, but no real big news on the horizon. I just want to get kind of your quick feel of the whole Melvin Gordon situation. You know, I I think you had a take on it of what you had heard about him. What did you recently hear about Melvin Gordon? He's another big fantasy name that we got to keep our eyes on. Well, from what I what I've heard and read is that the Chargers haven't really offered a contract to him, so now he's he told his agent to tell the Chargers that he wants to be traded. Um, I don't know if that'll change if the Chargers come back with an offer, and then he might change his mind. But as of right now, uh, I just read that he's he uh, he's demanding a trade and he wants to be traded. Wow, yeah, I hadn't heard that. I've kind of been on the road doing some different things, and uh, I don't know. Uh, this is a this is a standoff. This is one of those you know uh, one person saying one thing, trying to get leverage, and uh, I don't know it, if it if it starts getting serious to that point, it seems like it might be unfixable. Melvin Gordon has been tumbling. I, I've seen people kind of taking him late in the first round, maybe second, third round. Uh, you know, again, I, I think that you can't go too crazy. You got to sort of, even if it's not looking great, this guy has to play football somewhere. So, I mean, I'm not letting him get too far out of that late first round, early second before I'm trying to take this type of talent, stash him away. You can still go ahead and get other football players to put around him. So even if he did hold out, you know, he's still got football players. You still got running backs and people to put in those positions and just wait for this guy to get his stuff handled. But I, I could see this one going into the season. I don't know, maybe like right after the Lions play him, maybe then he played the um, L.A. Chargers, then maybe Melvin comes back that following week. I mean, what do you think? Oh, well, I'm sure you're probably hoping that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, the only thing that scares me on that whole thing is that, uh, you know, the Chargers haven't even – that I know of, maybe they have behind the scenes or – or maybe something was said and I didn't see it. But as far as I know, they haven't even offered this guy any sort of deal. And that I think that kind of worries me a little bit where this might stretch on a little longer um, than what most fantasy owners hope. Yeah, I mean, like I say, running back market's crazy. I, I don't know why. You know, there's definitely a threshold. I, I heard they had offered him $10 million. I mean, if they offered him, offered him $10 million, he just balked at it. I mean, you know, that's the type of deal you take in the NFL. I mean, Mark, uh, Melvin Gordon seems like he's just sitting there and looking at the Chargers saying this. Do it! Just do it! <laughs> and he's like, wanting to pay him, and they're just kind of like, uh, no. Um, so, I mean, that could get ugly quick. So, um, that's kind of what's going on. I mean, like you say, uh, Hall of Fame game, nothing really to mention there. I mean, n- nobody really jumped off the page. It's not even really a football game. So, Chuck, how about we do this next week? We're going to have real uh, preseason ball, which will at least be something to kind of talk about, kind of see what we saw from certain players. You know, we all know that most of the decent players are sitting out. So, um, but we will have football to talk about. And uh, how about we take this break? We come back and I kind of want to dive into formats this week because we've talked about players. We've talked about, we've done some mock drafts. We've given the people that type of info. But how about working through just kind of all these different leagues? We, I mean, we can talk a little bit about the difference between keeper and dynasty. A lot of people are starting to like these two quarterback, two tight end drafts that are kind of, 
deeper. You know, I have a lot of people that try to do multi-flex player leagues. They like that. And I've always been a proponent of, of half point per reception, not that full point. So how about we take a quick break? We'll come back and kind of break some of those down, just talk some of those and uh, let the people know what leagues they should be getting in, what they should be avoiding, all that type of stuff. All right. Sounds good to me, man. All right, we'll be right back in a minute talking all things fantasy football and formats, what you want to do, what you want to avoid. We'll be right back. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid listeners? By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team, just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. I'm talking free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code KOOLAID, one word lowercase, promo code KOOLAID, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, everybody, we're back. Um, Chuck, man, I know you're in a few leagues. You've been in a few leagues for a long, long time. But, you know, what, not only what's your favorite league, like if you had to sign up for a new one today, what's kind of your favorite format if you had to pick one? To me, my favorite is is the league that I run, actually. I like the Keeper League. Uh, I like to make it a little bit challenging for people. Um, I don't want the, you know, the redrafts are fun, especially when you get a, a bunch of uh, co-workers together and, you know, you, you just want to go to Hooters and enjoy their little draft day thing there and, and redraft. Um, that's always a good time. But my favorite one is the Keeper. Um, I just like the way the formats are for uh, that. You have to think a little bit on who to keep. And you really have to concentrate on the rookies that are coming out that following year. Yeah. Um, does Does Mrs. Chuck know that you're hitting up Hooters, telling her that you're doing fantasy football drafts every other day? I mean, is that known? 
Oh yeah, she knows. She, she and the she and the daughters. They love Hooters. They go there and they love the wings there. So they're usually okay. back in the corner while I'm there drafting for a little bit and eating the wings and stuff. Okay, so we've established on the podcast that you're a magazine guy, which is always going to be funny, which is always odd, but uh, it's your thing. So you you're still draft at an establishment guy too. I mean, for for uh, for the redraft, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind going out and having a couple beers with a bunch of uh, buddies and, and and doing a draft at a at a Hooters or a B Dubs or, or or any other place like that. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, my keeper league, though, it's usually at at, at my house. Um, I like it a little more personable. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, personable meaning like everybody in their computer except you. Exactly. I cut my Wi-Fi off. They can't even do anything. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I always see those deals about like, oh, come to B-dubs and you'll get a, a free platter of wings and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, do people do that? Because I've never seen any big group at those and and I never have done it. Like, seriously, you you laugh at me for being, you know, computer guy or I'm on draft guy. Like, I haven't had one buddy, one person say, let's get together to draft in about a decade. Yeah, I don't know. There's still a ton of people that do it because I'll go on, I'll go to B-dubs on a, on a Sunday just with the family and they're all over. They're in each corner with the little draft boards up on the up on the wall and they're doing their thing. And I was like, wow, it's, it's still pretty serious out there. <laughs> okay, so we'll get back to formats in one second. But when you see that, do you go over and drop, uh, you know, Detroit Kool-Aid cast, let them know that you're dropping knowledge? Uh, do you help them out on the spot? Do you rip up their... Um their draft card right there what do you do usually i walk up to him and i just start shaking my head i'm like really really you're gonna draft that guy really and then i walk yeah because they're not listening to the show obviously they got no they're idea what they're doing i mean you listen to this they're they're making good picks so yeah, yeah go ahead and shame, shame shame those guys no doubt about it but uh okay so you like the i mean you enjoy the not only the keeper but you had told me before that you kind of there's a big difference for keeper and dynasty explain that for the people well most keeper leagues um they're not as deep as what dynasty leagues are um from the ones that that i know um like for for dynasty leagues that i that i've seen they're 20 to 30 um roster spots deep where in a keeper league you know you're usually around i would say about half of that um and then for dynasties, from what I from what I understand, um, like I said, I haven't been in one yet, um, but I, I've been offered a couple already. Um, we're, like we're when keep, I asked you to get in, you said you were too busy. Well, yeah, yours yours was a little bit crazy though. Yours was like from offensive line to <laughs> coaches to recruiters. <laughs> offensive uh, line, bro. There's no offensive line. It was a little yeah. bit more involved. You, your brain couldn't handle it. And then when I told you about it, you keep going, "Oh, that does sound fun." It's like, but you, you're like, you gotta, you gotta draft a, a recruiter. You gotta do all this. I'm like a scouter, and I'm like, dang, all right, cool, man. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it's a uh, you know a little bit more work. What can I say? Then your your league will, um, like like you say, um, you're over there ragging on the people at B Dubs. I mean, we need to get a league, some type of league together. So after every one of your picks, I can say this. That's terrible. That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> so uh, that that'd that, be my take. When I'm ringing that championship bell, you'd be like, "That's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. You beat me. That's a terrible idea." <laughs> yep. 
But since, since you're a little bit into the dynasty, maybe you can give them a little bit more uh, info on the dynasty league. Like, in, I can go a little bit into the keeper league, and maybe you can explain a little bit on the dynasty. Where in the keeper league, you know, the way mine is, um, is that you cut, you know, half from each position, and then you redraft, you know, obviously people to fill that spot. But you have, you know, about four to six, I think it's six uh, people that you keep, and then you you draft to fill the rest of the roster spots from that way. Yeah, I mean, the couple keepers I do, you sort of keep two to three guys, maybe four guys on your team, throw the rest back, and then and then do a redraft. As far as the dynasty goes for me, it's, um, I mean, it's all about roster spots. Like, anybody can do, like, a 15 roster spot league, maybe, maybe 20, where your starters are you know, what, eight to 10, maybe 12 guys on your starting lineup, whatever the, whatever the spots are. But when you start adding 25 spots, you get to a 30 spot roster that one I asked you to do. Yeah. There's, there's 40 roster spots you got to fill in a, and 20, some starters, 20, 22 starters for, for that league. So what it does is not only is it dynasty where you're signing people for multiple years and having them for four or five years before they would ever go back in the draft, but you're also having to dig deep when there's so many roster spots. Cause you know, not only more roster spots, but sometimes the more teams you can get involved too, just adds not only to the difficulty, but what it does do. And people think it's way more work. I I don't spend any more time on these deep dynasties than I do on a 10 team ESPN. What I do see is like every few days, especially when the season gets cooking, you know, you're getting the email pop up of either trade offer, Hey, trade executed by some other teams. And it doesn't have to be these mega deals with the top players. It's Hey, somebody traded for a third tight end and gave up a, a three, four running back, you know, and, and it made sense. So I think it just adds to that level of the more positions and the more teams you have, the more players on each roster. And then the more trades you see, the more transactions. And also the, the harder it is because you can't just blindfold and, and, and take the top 15 guys and, and move on. You got to really dig. So that, that's what I like about it. Does it now with that deep of a dynasty league, that pretty much uh, eliminates the waiver wire, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, these these leagues uh, are that contract, so they kind of roll over every few years. So you would think that, hey, there's nobody available. But, I mean, every year you're going in with almost like, okay, this is the free agent crop this year. And, and then when they all those in the draft, you're like, yeah, there's really not much on the free agent um, lineup. But, you know, again, that puts emphasis on not only the draft, but the auction side or whatever it is. You know, it's kind of like – you almost don't want there to be a ton of people out there because that's always been one of my pet peeves with formats is, you know, Joe Smith can slip, sleep to the draft. And then the, the waiver wire is so full of good players. He can just drop an ad and go ahead and fix his team. You know, you want to reward the people that have hung in through the process. And then, yeah, I mean, just like the NFL, you think when your guy, your stud gets hurt that you can just go out and get a pro bowler. No, there's no, there's not much out there. So yeah, it's definitely slim, but they're always, there always seems to be more, and to me, it's just more fun to sort of take a lower-level guy with upside rather than 
you know, have have tons of top guys to pick from. But it, it depends what you're looking for. Like you said, those work leagues are much, much less roster spots as well as, you know, much, much easier to maneuver when it comes to adding and dropping players. So, you know, I, I like that, too, of just having a guy for three, four years, because when you bet on him, you're stuck with him, basically. You know, it's not like you can miss on a guy this year and just, oh, well, you know, it's oh damn. You know, now I got him for three years. Uh, what am I going to do to fix my team? You know, so that really changes a lot of your decisions too. You go more with youth and all types of stuff. So yeah, I, l- I love the dynasty formats I'm in on Reality Sports Online. Everybody check that website out uh, where we've been pubbing them, been doing their advertisements. So great website. And then, uh, like Chuck said, if you can get in a keeper league that just has a few keepers a year, that that adds to the fun as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the uh, the dynasty uh, aspect. Um, so when when you just to clarify a little bit maybe for the people, so when you when you draft somebody, I mean it goes in order to draft, and then when you go to draft them, do you you put a bid in for them, or or are you going against somebody else, or is that your player to draft and then give it a contract, and there's certain standard contracts per round? Yeah, without getting into too much detail, I mean those are. Everybody knows auction league is more where you bid on a player rather than just draft when your when your name comes up. So in the, in simple terms, these are auction leagues. So you're basically bidding on players against all the other teams in the league. But the the wrinkle with reality sports is you're you're bidding on them for multiple years. So you might give Zeke if he was available, you know, four years, hundred million, and I might give him three years, hundred twenty. You know, he might he might like my offer better because it's more money and less years. So the computer figures all that out. You just basically hitting a button or two, but it's a bidding process. And then your highest guy wins it. You're you're working your budget. But like for a common fan, when it comes to dynasty, you know, you can do a non-auction dynasty. And then it's just like you said more roster spots you're keeping more players you're you're able to keep them as long as you want so like if you get a a great player you might have them for five seven even ten years depending on the position that's what really makes a dynasty is being able to be like oh man Oakry's team is you know Odell and and Baker Mayfield because everybody knows those are some of my top guys but if I take them, they're basically the cornerstones of my team for years to come, which makes it feel more like your GM or more, more like your players when you have them for that long, rather than just a year or two. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you start so, off with the, uh, the auction a little bit when you want to go into, uh, maybe a little bit of an auction format. Yeah. Do you do any auctions or no? You know, the only auctions that I, that I've done, is not even really an auction. Mine's more of a, I don't know if you ever played, uh, fan duel where you're still you're set with a salary cap uh-huh. and then you got to go through that way and you, you pick each player and and uh you go through that way but i know a little bit about the auction um you know i know you basically you know there's two types of or a few types of people one of them is you bid the highest on you know the, the best player out there and then you try to get a bunch of sleeper picks to fill your roster and hopefully that some of them pan out or everybody just takes like um the middle of the road guys and stays, stays pretty uh, solid with those. Um, What's your deal with it? Yeah. Auctions are, I mean, if I'm just doing a work league, I'm I'm probably not doing an auction unless we got some experienced players because it, it takes more strategy, you know, like everybody says they love it because they can just go get whoever they want because everybody's, 
everybody that loves fantasy football is frustrated. If you love a guy at pick three or four, but you're picking, you know, nine, 10, whatever it is, you're not going to get that guy. You, you just know it. But in, in an auction, you can get whoever the heck you want, but you got to kind of decide how much you're going to pay. And you could actually get multiple top guys, but like you said, you might get three top guys and the rest of your guys going to have to be, you know, the $1 players, the real cheap people. Um, my thing with auctions are, you know, you'll have like a $200 budget. So you got to sort of take the time beforehand to put like buckets in, like I'm going to spend 30 on a running back, you know, 20 on a receiver, 20 on another, you know, you've got to figure all that out in advance and then sort of stick to it. Because once the draft starts, I've seen many of people that just uh, go ahead and they'll get Zeke Elliott and uh, David Johnson and they'll be all happy. And it's like, you just spent 90 out of your hundred bucks on two people, you know, good luck trying to fill out a team. So it's just, that's where the strategy comes in and you'll see a lot of people lay in the weeds. I mean, with some of the leagues we do that are somewhat auction based, you got guys that are sitting there for long time doing nothing. Why? Because they're letting everybody spend their money and they're going to pick up all these really good mid-level upper mid-level talents at good prices. Cause everybody's out of money. So, I mean, it depends if you, if you have good, people know what they're doing and, and people that are like the budget process. It's really fun. If you have people that don't know what they're doing, you're going to have a couple people just spend crazy on a few players and kind of ruins the league sometimes. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I like that, uh, that, that format. Um, my thing is when I go into like an auction, I'll have a game plan. I'll have set prices that I'll have. If this player gets past this, I'm just going to have to let him go because I don't want it to hurt the rest of my team. Um, so that that's ba- I mean basically almost the same thing you said, um, but for auctions I would have a set game plan, and and go from there. I mean, like like you said, you don't want to draft two uh, two of the big dogs and then have nothing no no money left to fill the rest of your roster out. Yeah, and and, and the thing I said about some people getting those drafts and like just sort of spend on on the top guys, the reverse is true. You really can't put a hard number on on it because you got to be flexible still. So I like going to an auction with those buckets I said of, of price ranges, but depending on how the draft falls, who I need or whatever, I've, I've definitely been known to bump those up or, or have a guy I was going to get for sure. And then I just bail on him on the last minute because I didn't like how everything was falling or maybe there were better players at that point I wanted to wait on. So that's my that's my other advice. No matter what format you're doing, come up with a strategy, but don't think you're going to stick to that perfectly. Because once once that green light goes on, the draft is going. You got to be able to adapt. Yeah, that's just like you know, good old Mike Tyson used to say, "Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the mouth." And that's kind of same. <laughs> yeah. way with, it's kind of the same way with fantasy football. You have a perfect game plan until. Somebody takes somebody that you didn't think was going to be taken that early and punches you in the mouth and you got to redo it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I love how Mike Tyson gets so much credit. It's like the greatest quote ever, but it's kind of like, it's, it's very simple, but everybody goes to that. No doubt about it, but it's a good example in this case. And like you say, so I encourage people to try auctions, but you got to try it with the right people, no doubt. So Chuck, let me throw it back to you. Um, This has been an oldie, but a goodie. I mean, I've never really been a format a fan of the PPR a full point just for a catch. So years and years ago, when we kind of started getting our big leaks going, kind of worked the numbers and figured out, well, 
you could do half a point a catch. You know, it still gave you points for guys that caught, especially running backs. But it didn't skew it to you're you're really going to give Christian McCaffrey a full point for every catch he makes, plus his rushing. I mean, that's when things get skewed. But half point always worked out really well for all my leagues. I basically that's basically what I do in all leagues, and uh, I think it it just works out really well. Like, are you in any half or full point? point per reception leagues and, and what's your thought on those? Well, I'm in a half point, uh, uh, PPR league right now. We, I, I did a couple full point, but what I didn't like about it is some of these running backs, man, they would get, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 catches a game for, you know, they had eight catches, 33 yards and they, then they'd end up having, you know, these crazy right. points and, and it kind of, it did, it kind of ruined, fantasy football a little bit, you know, cause you get these, these running backs that can catch the ball, you know, they get in these little safety valves off there and then you get a full point for that, that safety valve. And I'm not a big, big fan of that at all. I agree. And what it does too, is those receivers that, that nickel and dime and they end up with a hundred, 120 catches, but they're really not putting up yards and touchdowns. They become way more valuable than the guy that, is a stud player, but maybe he only has, you know, 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns, but the guy that has 115 catches for not much yardage is putting up more because he's getting 120 points on, on little screen routes, you know, a little, little underneath stuff, which I think really skews, skews the numbers. Cause everybody knows that plays fantasy football, a, f- a full point is no joke. You know, seven points on screen passes, a touchdown basically. So you're giving away touchdowns to guys that really aren't doing anything other than catching little little wheel routes or check down Charlies, you know? Yeah, that's the uh, – was that the Giovanni Bernard, that dude who used to catch just six to eight balls a game. <laughs> and, you know, he wouldn't have the greatest of yards or touchdowns, but it would be like he scored touchdowns because he would have six to eight catches a game. And you're like, wow, that guy's getting drafted ahead of – or should have been drafted ahead of some of these – these studs, like you were saying, because he's going to score more points just off these little dink and dunks that Andy Dalton used to drop off to him. Absolutely, man. He was one of the first, and there's been plenty plenty after that. So, you know, I think Chuck's on the same page. Like, if you're going to go with giving points for receptions, just go with that half point. Make it a for, you know, running backs, wideouts, tight ends. It, it will kind of level the playing field. And, you know, if you're in a real deep league, I say even give those tight ends you know, 0.75, or maybe you do give a tight end a 0.1 because you know they're not catching 100 balls. So, you know, that's another way to even things out is give uh, running backs some wides a half and give tight ends more because they're not going to put up the type of production that others do. It kind of evens out the positions. So I think that's something to consider. Chuck, uh, before we shut the show down, man, um, the new trend has been people want to do two quarterback leagues um, as well as even two tight ends. So let's say you're in a 10 team standard league. You got two quarterbacks per team that have to start. I mean, we're already at 20 quarterbacks at that point. Plus you need a couple backups on a team in most situations. What do you, what do you feel about two quarterback format? Do you like it? Do you think it's too much? Where are you at with it? Well, um, I have two quarterbacks in my league only because my team or my league is only eight, eight teams deep. So we kind of make our roster depth, um, a little larger than others. Um, but for, as far as like 10 to 12, um, I'm not a real huge fan of it. Um, basically because, you know, most, most of those leagues, the quarterback touchdowns are only four points. Um, you don't, you're not getting a heck of a ton of points from them. 
Um, and it just, you know, you're already waiting long enough to get to a quarterback, and now you got to think about another quarterback, uh, you know, in the later rounds. Um, I know a lot of people that like it. Um, I'm one that's not really a huge fan of it, um, but, you know, I, I could go either way. It's just, I'm, I don't know, as of right now, I'm just not a real huge fan of it. Any thoughts on two tight end? I think that pretty much goes the same way. I mean, there's only so many tight ends in this league that actually put up fantasy points. Um, after you get past a few of them, I mean, it almost takes two, two I guess it almost takes two tight ends to, to equal to one of those, uh, to like a Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, here's my flip side is that we, we, we've totally devalued the quarterback position in fantasy football. I mean, everybody's heard my strategy. You just load up on other things. You get a quarterback at the very end. As as long as you can wait, basically you hold out. So the minute that's two quarterbacks can't do that. You know, you can't, you can't do that strategy. So it really does change your whole draft strategy. You got to go get that quarterback at a good value. You got to have two, if not three or four good ones to get through a season. And uh, I, I like it from that perspective because it, it, it really makes you, get out of your norm in regards to where you're drafting, how you're drafting, and it puts value back on that quarterback. And when it comes to tight ends, like everybody's starting to take one tight end early, like, Hey, I'll get, you know, like you said, a Kelsey early and then just forget it. But if you got to start two tight ends, I mean, you, you better make that more of a priority. You better sort of, you might be taking a second tight end when other people are loading up on running backs and receivers. And they think, what, what, what are you doing? But then come the later rounds, they're going to be thinking, Oh man, there ain't no tight ends left, <laughs> and that's because you went ahead and got got them covered early, and then you can you can go ahead and load up on positions that are deeper, you know, after that. So, I kind of enjoy the strategy of them. I do like again, it feels to me like I was saying about the dynasties. You got to dig a little deeper. You also got to have a better strategy if you really want to win. So, I'm a proponent to be honest. I mean, I haven't seen too many that are doing two QB and two tight ends, but I have seen leagues going to one or the other. And uh, like I say. I'm a proponent of, of both and expanding the rosters. If you really want to get crazy, if you want to keep it simple, maybe just go with the two quarterbacks because those are, those are easier to fill than a, than a two tight end uh, or these tight end premiums where they call them, where you got to really put a, 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 an extra emphasis on the tight end position. So I actually enjoy them. So, uh, you know, that's kind of becoming the new thing is do those so that people have to sort of get out of this old wait on quarterback strategy that everybody does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I think the quarterback has lost a lot of uh, credit in, in, in fantasy football. Um, like even, even the year that I won, I won the, the, the title with Eli Manning as a quarterback. And I, I know that's got to make a little, little, little couple people, you know, a little upset with, uh, he's just won his league with Eli Manning. But again, the quarterback has lost its, its value in fantasy football. Yep, and that's a way to add it back. So, so Chuck, I, I forgot, man. We had a we had a couple of listener calls come in that uh, we can play and uh, finish out the show. So, go ahead and see if you can hear this and and see. We had a couple of callers come in. They had a couple of nice things to say about you, not so nice about me. And uh, let's see what they're saying. You ready to tackle a couple of questions before we get out of here? Let's do it. Hey, DKC. This is your old buddy Conrad down here in Huntsville, Alabama. It's been way, way too long, my friend, so I decided to call in and talk a little Detroit Lions. Roll Tide, baby. 
first thing I want to say is different. I'm always on your side, man. Okra, he don't know what he's talking about, man. Okra? That's just the bottom line, you hear me? question I have is I was on that old Google machine today. And did you realize that our old quarterback, Matthew Stafford, is 1,475 yards away from the 40,000 mark? Now, if he gets that in a couple games, he will be the fastest player to ever hit that number as a quarterback. I will know old Ochre don't care about no dumb, 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 dumb stats, but I know Griffka, Mike. Griffka, what's this mean to you, man? Does this mean anything? Or you just want that man to win some games? Okay. Anyway, I'm going to hang up now. I just called the chat. This is yours, your biggest fan. This is Stan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That, that was actually better for the Kool-Aid cast, but I'll, I'll let you tackle it since we ran it. Uh, Conrad, man, from Huntsville, wanted to know about Matt Stafford getting to that, that, 40, that big number for a quarterback, and does that put him in uh, Hall of Fame status? I mean, called me okra multiple times. I mean, I don't know how many times he's listened to the show. <laughs> Uh, you know, and and then he gave Grifka some dap. I mean, what's up with that? Man, I, I'm not sure, dude. I, I I was having a hard time understanding, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he he sounds like a cool dude, man. I think I think Stafford's uh, he'll get up to that forty thousand real quick this season. Um, as far as him putting him in the Hall of Fame, let's see what he does for the remainder of his career. Right now, I think he he's on his way to the Hall of Fame, but uh, let's see what he does for the for the remainder of his career. Yeah, man. Uh, so Conrad, first of all, get my name right. Uh, <laughs> Bruh. Second of all, like, you know, it's all about stats with this guy. Like, go out and win football games. Like, I'm not ready to put, put this guy in the Hall of Fame because he's got some numbers. Like, he's got to go win. He's got to lead the team. We know that's what it's all about. So I, I wrote a, a fantasy article be coming out here soon for Lions Wire that talks about Matt Stafford being a fantasy wild card. So that'll tell you all you need to know about him. Like can go either way. It's going to be a big year for Matt Stafford when it comes to stats on the field winning. We'll see what he does. So roll tide with that, Conrad. Roll tide, Conrad. <laughs> um, let me see. I, I don't remember if this is Kool-Aid cast or uh, fantasy. Let's check it out. My name's Todd, and I'm actually calling about the Monday fantasy football football flavor, flavor, flavor show. I just want to say that I'm a really big fan of Chuck. Chuck, no. Everything you say is just gold, man. I am, too, one who still uses the magazine. Now, my question what? isn't necessarily about fantasy football, but Chuck, help me out, man. How do you avoid getting paper cuts on your fingertips when you're scrolling through the magazine on <laughs> draft day? Man, I like this guy. To me, that seems to be the biggest problem. I got 60 seconds on the clock to find who I'm going to take, and I'm fumbling through the magazine, and I'm getting paper cuts on my fingertips. I don't know how to solve the problem. I tried gloves. Gloves don't work. I don't know what to do, Chuck Dog. Help me out, man. By the way... This show needs more Chuck, less Oak. What? Hashtag Team Chuck for life. What? This is Todd, and I'm out. Here, hold on. Before you respond, hey, Todd, for those two shots you took at me at the end. Ah! No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Chuck, do you got anything to say to Todd? Todd for life. 
I like Todd. Todd's all right. You know? But before it's, before it's getting paper cuts on your fingers, man, you got to slow down on turning the pages. Just take your time. Maybe get your fingers a little wet. Turn the page very slowly. You'll, you'll, you'll eliminate those paper cuts. Don't worry about it. They'll give you a little bit of time to get that draft pick up there. See, he had to come to you with this question because you two are the only two that use the magazine. So he had to come to the expert of, of how do you deal with this? And I mean, I'm, I'm glad he brought it to the table because nobody else knows because nobody else uses a magazine. You know, me and Todd, we're going to the, we're going to the top. <laughs> oh, man, I guess so. So uh, we've had some some entertaining calls, man. We talked about news and notes. We broke down all these types of formats. I think it's time to shut it down, man. You got anything else, Chuck, before we get out of here? I'm good, man. I can't wait to watch some uh, preseason football and talk about it next week. Yeah, man, that'll be good. Uh, we'll be back on the Kool-Aid cast mid and towards the end of the week, and I'll be down. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of attending preseason, but I'll be down with my buddy Chops watching uh, Lions Patriots, so I'll be able to say what I saw down there and uh, have some fun that way. So we'll be back here next Monday talking all about everything and uh, giving that fantasy knowledge. So check it right back here. Hit uh, Chuck up on Twitter. Let's see if I got it. It's the longest Twitter handle of all time. It's Chuck underscore C Reeves. 33 bingo you you, you got to get at him send him some questions tell him uh you know what an idiot todd was uh with Go that todd. terrible call <laughs> and uh shout him out and then uh, you can get at me at Derek okri d-e-r-e-k-o-k-r-i-e so chuck get out of here catch you next week buddy we're out Drink it in, man.